indescribable. And you're all-powerful. And Lord, I just ask that in this next few minutes that you'll speak to our heart, that you would help us to hear what we need to hear, that you would build systems in us that you want there so we can hold the weight of what you want to pour into our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm, I'm going to be really short, and you guys know when I say that, that usually means I'm not, but I promise you that today. I will be very short. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It says, And Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. I want to stop right there, all right, and talk just for a second on that, and we'll finish out the other two verses in a moment, or three verses. He was going from church to church, and he was preaching the same message. He was telling them the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? The gospel of the kingdom is that God is not needing to punish sin any longer. Listen to me. Because Jesus became our punishment and is going to become our punishment at the cross. Jesus is telling people this. Hey, there's coming a day when you're not going to offer sacrifices anymore. And your sins aren't going to be rolled to another later date any longer. There's coming a day when the perfect sacrifice, which will be me, is going to be sacrificed once and for all. And sin will be punished once and for all. So in the Old Testament, um, Jesus, uh, Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach the good news and all the things it says. And then it says to proclaim the vengeance of our God. Right? That sounds kind of scary. And if you read through the Old Covenant, the Old Testament part of the Bible, you find a lot of opportunities where God showed his vengeance and his authority and his hatred for sin and for stuff like that. Right? When Jesus comes on the scene in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, Jesus quotes the same thing from Isaiah, but he leaves off the day of vengeance for our God. And he says, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So he's teaching people, hey, the gospel of the kingdom is when we're shifting from you cannot ever make your sin okay to your sin's going to be okay. He's saying you're going from you can offer all the sacrifices and do all the stuff you want and never actually get really close to the Father. You're going from that to the Father's going to send his Son who's going to be the Word made flesh his name's going to be Emmanuel, God with you. See, at, in the Old Covenant, God could be one place at one time. He would come into the tabernacle, and, and he, would, he would be in the holy place, in the whole, most holy place. But Jesus is teaching the gospel, the kingdom, that he says, no, the Spirit is going to come live inside of every believer. And instead of a, a temple made by man's hands, now you're going to become the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's saying in the Old, old Covenant, the old way of things... Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Hate your enemies. He goes, but in this new system, you're supposed to love your enemies. Bless the ones that curse you. Do good to those that even use you. That's a tough, tough message, right? And Jesus is going everywhere telling them, there's good news, guys. There's a new system that's put into place. The old system was full of glory, but it was a shadow of this beautiful new system that I'm bringing to you right now. And he's going teaching that everywhere. He's telling everybody, it's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. <laughs> we need Jennifer Hudson. Where's she at? It's a new season, and he's telling everyone. And he says, it's not just the gospel, it's the good news. That God's in a good mood. 
He's not mad. He's not angry. He's not frustrated. He's not, he's not violent at this moment. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to bring you close. Right? So he's teaching this everywhere. And not only that, he's healing every kind of disease and every sickness that there is. Not one person that came to him left with the same thing they came with. It says right there, healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. He healed every one of them. Hello? You guys okay? Then, he, then verse 36 says, Then he sees the people, and he breaks with compassion for them. And he's broken. He looks out, and he sees this crowd of people. He's telling them the good news. He's healing diseases and sicknesses, and he's bringing people back to life, right? And then he looks at the crowd, and he sees brokenness, and he sees distress on their heart, in their eyes, and he sees that they're wounded, and he sees that they're lost. He says, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he was broken for them. He literally broke because they were, they were missing that connection to the shepherd, the father, right? So then he calls his disciples. I just wanted to paint a picture because I want to hit this last part. And this is a, a message for our church, okay? He, with all this stuff going on, he's telling them the good news. He's healing everybody. Then he sees them and he, his spirit breaks. And he says, hey guys, come here, I want to talk to you. Let's have a sidebar. He goes, look right now. The harvest is plentiful. Everyone right here is, is ready to be connected to the Father. They're ready right now. Not in three months. Not in six months. Not in a year. They're ready right now to be brought into my kingdom, guys. Listen to me. He's broken. I hear him pleading with him. Guys, they're ready right now to know me. And he goes, because they're ready right now, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He says, therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. Two things that we're missing, two components that will take our church to the next level. We have to, number one, we have to break for people that aren't connected to the Father. We have to see people that aren't connected to the Father, not through the eyes of judgment, not through the eyes of anger or frustration or even hatred. We have to see them through the eyes that Jesus saw. And he looked at them and he saw that they were distressed, that they were lost, that they were without hope, that they weren't connected to the life source of the Father, and he broke for them. Our church has to begin to stir up this gift of evangelism inside of us. Yeah. It's time for us to begin to see people that, and, and see them that they're ready right now to be right with the Father. Hello? They're not waiting three months, six months, nine months. He's saying everyone's ready right now. Hello? And that's the first thing that, as a church that we need to increase. Father, let us begin to love the people the way you love the people. Let us begin to see people the way that you see people. Let us begin to break, not because what they do hurts us, but because they're not connected to the life source. Because they're not connected to the Father. So number one, the harvest is plentiful. I, I want to say it like this. Everyone is ready right now to be right with Jesus. Do you believe that? I'm almost there. <laughs> How many run into someone that's just not very nice? They're just not very fun to be with. <laughs> and it's hard to just, just like them, to be completely honest. 
Or we think, man, they're never going to get things straight. They're just a screw-up. They're always going to mess up. What is it going to take for them to get things right? Jesus says they're ready right now. They're ready right now. We're the ones that have to get ourselves ready. Right? So everyone is ready right now. I don't want us anymore to see people and, and, and come to them with this, uh, like we don't have anything to offer attitude. Hello? You guys still with me? We have something to offer them. The Bible says that when we came to Christ, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, which means that we carry with us the ability to connect people to the Father. We carry within us the ability to make wrong things right. He gave us a big sheriff's badge. And he says, you can fix wrong things. You can make them right. You can do this. So, number one, it's time for us to see the loss the way he did. Break for them, not because of what they're doing, because they're not connected to the Father. Remember what we talked about last week, about separation? The enemy is more interested in separating us from the Father than us doing this evil sin. Everyone that isn't in relationship with the Father is separated from Him. That means that everything that happens in their life flows from the desire that the enemy has for them rather than the desires God has for them. They are victims of a system of sin and death. You guys all right? They're victims. They have to be connected to the Father. The second thing is we need more laborers. If people are going to get saved and come into the churches left and right, then we have to have people that are ready to teach them the gospel of the kingdom. Hello? So I'm calling on all of you today. Our church is at a size right now where we're trying to grow. We want to grow. I don't want to stay the same forever. Like, there are so many more people I want to meet and get to know. And what we have, they deserve to have too. Like, I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm, I'm just happy with things the way they are. And that's just selfish, if you ask me. But if more people come into the church, then I may have to volunteer and I may have to do this or I may not be able to do that. Someone may sing better than me and take my spot. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> what, I may have to follow up and call people during the week and ask them if they need anything? You guys all right? We're to the point where we need everyone here to become a laborer. The harvest is plentiful. It's not that there aren't people ready to receive Jesus. That's not the problem. He says that's not the equation, that's the problem in the equation right now. The problem is we don't have enough people to pull them in and train them. I'm preaching this before Easter because I'm expecting new people to be here next week. I'm expecting people to give their heart to the Lord. I'm expecting people to feel a tug from the Father and they want to be connected to Him. What are we going to do after that? Are we ready as a church? I, I think we are to a point, but we need everyone. We need everyone. I'm going to say this. There will be a day where everyone that's a member at this point in time, you're going to be a leader. You're not just going to be a member. And you're going to be over 40 people. You're going to be over 30 people following up with them. You're going to be teaching a class on what the church is all about.
Are you ready for that? What's the old song we sang when we were in children's church? When we all pull together, together, together. Anybody know it? Y'all sing it. Come on. How happy we'll be, right? Because your work is my work and our work is God's work. Ah. I love that. Someone redid that on a commercial in like this cool rock sounding thing. I don't know. It was awesome. I was like, I love that song, dude. It's really cool. I was like, that's my kind of music, right? Look, the church becomes healthy when everyone pulls. Amen? And, I, I, and we haven't talked about this in a long time. We haven't really gone here at all. But we need everybody here. We don't, we don't need the same three or four people doing stuff. Right? Mandy's saying, come on, because she's one one of the ones that I pile as much as I can on my wife. Thank God for a wife that can handle it. Amen. With the big guns. Like in World War II, the picture of the ladies when they had their We need to do that again, right? Everyone here, you're capable. I think the biggest the biggest lie is I'm not ready to be a leader. I'm not ready to serve other people. I've got to get my stuff together. Look, let me tell you a little secret. None of us have our stuff together, right? We don't, we, we're all have areas that we're, we're working through through the blood of Jesus. Help me out, Lord. Right? I mean, hey, you guys, I'll, I'll, I'll be open with you. I talk about treating people well and honoring people, and I got into an argument with my neighbor yesterday, a big argument, a big blow up. I was mad. I don't get mad really very often. But it was very frustrating. I was like, I don't want to live in a place where there's this hostility. And my wife tried to tell me not to get into this situation. But, you know, I don't listen to her until after the fact. And then <laughs> you, you think I would learn after, after eight or nine years of knowing her. I would, I, you think I would learn. Dude, she's pretty smart and wise. And I get up here and it makes her mad because she's like, always after the fact, you get up and tell how smart I am. But you don't ever listen when I'm telling you. Any other husbands? Yeah, true, true stuff. Don't, don't think you're always right, though. Stay, stay where you're at. You know. <laughs> and all I can think about is, I couldn't even right now go next door and ask them to come to my church. I didn't say anything I shouldn't have said. I didn't lose my temper. My wife heard me on the phone. I just responded to them. I didn't respond. I reacted to them. I reacted. I was like, oh, yeah? Well, you're loud every night, and your music's always loud, you know? Don't, don't say it's just this one time or whatever, and don't tell me to knock, knock on your door, you know? And I should have gone in with a game plan, but I didn't. And so I reacted in a way that I was ashamed of afterwards because it was not congruent with who I say that I am. It didn't add up to who I want to be. It's not, I even, I wrote them a little note and put it on their door because they said not to knock on their door ever again. <laughs> so I obeyed them. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> I was just hoping the tires weren't slashed this morning or anything. <sighs> it wasn't that bad, but it, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't nice. So I put a little note on their door and said, I didn't want to be that neighbor. You know, I didn't want to be that neighbor, and I did. I became that neighbor. 
So now when they see me, it's going to take a while probably for them to not think about me knocking on their door complaining. And, I, and to be completely honest, I am 100% right. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My wife tried to tell me, does it really matter, Jared? And I didn't listen to her. And I let it frustrate me. Right? And in the scheme of things, which is more important? That I have an afternoon with no loud, loud, crazy banging and music, right? Or that I have a good relationship with my neighbors? That don't know the Lord. That's... Huh. I've been sick at my stomach ever since. Absolutely. Just because I, like, I don't like hurting people. I don't like... I don't like being who I'm really not. I don't like those moments where I have a relapse, <laughs> you know, and the old man rises up like a zombie or something, you know. <laughs> Kill that guy. Stay dead. Should have put another nail in there. That really bothers me. Why? Because I need to be a light to them. So don't sit there and say, I don't have it all together. I can't leave because I don't have it all together. None of us have it all together. We're all, we're all a work in progress. Like, look, when we say yes to Jesus, we're all the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Instantly. We say yes, and he sees us as righteous and beautiful and holy. But there's still rough edges that he works on through our life. It's a process. Right? Do I think there will be a day where our first reaction will be kingdom? Yeah, that's my prayer. God, I want my default reaction to always be what you would have done. That's my prayer. And in a lot of ways, I'm seeing that. But there's still certain things that frustrate me and set, set me off. So guys, don't think that you just have to be perfect to be in leadership. I just want you to know that. It's the biggest lie. And I, I've had a lot of people even tell me, I would serve in leadership, um, but there's a couple of things. I have some habits that I'm ashamed of. Look, I'm not ashamed of your habits. I'm not ashamed. God's not ashamed. Like, well, let me get a couple of things straight first. That's like Jesus came to him and says, hey, come and follow me. And they're like, oh, wait, let me go bury my father and mother and let me take care of my house first. He goes, hey, wait, wait, wait. If anyone who puts their hand to this and turns back, you weren't worthy in the first place. He's like, let the dead bury their own dead. Come and follow me. Like, it's not this, okay, God, wait, let me, let me become self-righteous. And let me fix myself. And then when I get clean enough, I'll come to you. He said our righteousness is what? Filthy rags. So if our excuse is, hey, when I get cleaned up a little bit more, then I'll, I'll surrender my life to the Lord and, and, and move in leadership or whatever it is called, that day will never come. Right? Okay. Everybody good? So the harvest is ready right now. We just need people to bring the harvest in. Look, all you have to know how to do is to say, hey, here's God. He really loves you. And I want to help you talk to him. That's, every one of us can do that, right? Amen. Well, if you would, would you please stand?
I want you to know God's absolutely in love with people. Like, He is absolutely crazy about people. Do you guys know that? Like, he's, he's not like we would be if we were God. He's perfect. He doesn't, the Bible even says he keeps no record of wrongs. What? It doesn't even make sense to us. When we've, especially if we've grown up in church for a while. Like, what, he doesn't even keep record of wrongs? And what am I worried about? That doesn't mean we sin because, we, because grace is so awesome. It just means he doesn't keep a record and hold it over our head. He uses all things in our life to work for our benefit, not to our detriment, not to hurt us. Right? right? And he's really good. He's not angry with people. He's only angry with one person. That's the devil. That's it. All his anger, all his wrath, all his frustration, all the vengeance that you can think about God, it's all pointed into one place, and that's the enemy. It's not at people. He reserves warfare for the enemy but kindness for humanity. I want us to remember that. He's not at war with us. We're not at war with God. It's, Jesus bridged that war and made it right. And now it says, if anyone just calls on me and believes that, that I am who I say I am, then you're right with me. I mean, it's really that simple. So today, if you would, would you bow your heads and we're going to close this out. And if you're here and you say, hey, I'm not connected to the Father and I want to be, just raise your hand right where you're at. I'm not connected and I need to be. All right, thank you, thank you. Anyone here where the, the zombie keeps raising up and you want to kill him? The old man. You need help with that. Raise your hand. Yeah. Yep, yep. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer from here that will apply to everyone. So if, if, if you say this prayer and you mean it, then God hears it and he says yes to it. So if you would, would you just repeat this with me? All right? Lord Jesus, first of all, Thank you for everything. Thank you for making me right with the Father. I ask you right now to help me to stay connected to you, to fight separation. Help me, Lord, to do the things that please you more and more and to not do things that hurt you less and less. Oh. Make me a worker. <laughs> Come on, everybody say that. Make me a worker to bring in the harvest. Amen. I want to close with this, all right? More people will go to heaven than go to hell. I've, I've been in church my whole life, you guys know that, and, and growing up there was a tendency to believe that there was going to be a small few people that, that were really holy and believed God and that made it to heaven and everyone else to you know where with them. True. That, that's just, it wasn't meant to be taught that way, it's just kind of the way that we understood it. We took scriptures and twisted it and took words like remnant and few and many are called and few are chosen. And we tried to make it like there's just an elite group of people that are going to go to heaven. And that's so opposite of the way the Father is. God is going to win more people's hearts than the devil will win. 
Love is more powerful than evil. Light always trumps darkness. Darkness can't even trump light. It's impossible. So with that being said, there's what, six billion people on the planet? And right now, maybe one and a half to two billion of them are believers. That means there's about two or three or four more billion people that are going to come into the kingdom. So the two billion believers on the earth, let's get ready. Let's bring this harvest in, right? Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We hope you have a a great rest of the day, and we just bless you and your family. There's a lunch next door for the youth fundraiser if you guys want to hang out for that.